I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to some Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Bo Sebas, here we go. Four and one in the Super Contest, and to our Woo! clients in the NFL. Yeah, that's right, buddy. Did you like that? Do you like it? And you know, <laughs> I get, we our only loss, Bocephus, on Sunday were those dirty, dirty Redskins. And that got me thinking, buddy. In this great country's history, the last time we won everything and the only loser were those savage Indians, it worked out pretty well for all of us, man. So I'm I'm just going to assume that just like the white man ending on top a few centuries ago, this propels FGH right to the top of the super contest at the end of the year. Relax, people. Look, we're not we, – we have a heart here at FGH. So when we do that, win that million dollars – We'll be sure to visit those overpriced shithole casinos on the reservations. After all, how else will those dirty savages pay for their drug addictions and abortions? Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil, doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness, look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President, I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgreenhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional show in collaboration with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and the one, the only, DallasCowboys.com called the Football 401k with our very own Bo Cephas and RJ Choppy. Hey, Chop, tell the people how excited you are to spend another year with FGH. Well, I made it to the top. This has been the worst experience of my life. Kill me. Now, 
with all that business out of the way. Welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cow beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking a Fire Ant Funeral by Texas L Project Brewery in Dallas, <laughs> Texas. It is a very okay. good beer. Three and a half stars out of five on the beer app. And tonight, boys and girls, usually I regale you with a story, you know, of some history or some sort of antidote, but I'm sorry to say we have to take a somber turn early on in the show, mm. because tonight, starting right now, is our first quarterback funeral <laughs> since we buried, of the season and since we buried that dumb face Eli Manning a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, boys and girls, as now you hear Frederick fucking Chopin's funeral march playing you know it's time for Reverend Longhorn to take over and to bury another quarterback so now bow your heads and be prepared to be grieved yep alright Reverend Longhorn is here uh, to sports eulogize Big Ben Roethlisberger so everybody bow your heads close your eyes and shut the fuck up alright we are gathered here today on the sports patio to lay to rest a two time Super Bowl champion and six-time Pro Bowler. Long gone Mm. are the glory days for Big Ben on the gridiron. However, like any true champion, he will undoubtedly fill that void with the glory holes in women's bathroom stalls. Gone are the days of our beloved Ben being able to effectively play quarterback as a clinically and obviously obese fat slob. Gone are the days of Big Ben throwing touchdowns as multiple defenders fall off of him, just like multiple rape charges. On <laughs> the one... <laughs> Excuse me, quiet. This, this, is, uh, this, is, uh, this is very serious. Sorry. Sorry. On the uh, Wonderlick uh, test... Yeah, yeah. On the Wonderlick test, Big Ben scored an average score of 25. On the Wonder If She'll Let Me Lick test, Big Ben scored a... <laughs> it doesn't matter. He'll just force her. <laughs> God bless you, Big Ben. God bless you, Big Ben. You will be missed. You may be too old, fat, and dumb to play quarterback in the NFL now, and you have truly died the most embarrassing sports death, but may you live forever in bathrooms and buffet lines across this great country. Amen, and don't be scared to go full Jesus Resurrection this Sunday and beat Green Bay so I can eulogize A.A. Ron next and send him straight to sports <laughs> hell. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, those are very touching words. Sorry. A very sad passing, a very fat and dumb individual in Big Ben. And I couldn't help but think as I thought about the path of his career he's really like the benjamin button of quarterbacks right he was born helpless into the league he had the worst qbr of any winning quarterback in the super bowl since trent dilfer ever in his first mm-hmm. super bowl but then he got really great and now he is now again helpless as a fat dumb 
old, you know, quarterback child type yeah. project. So who is going to be the next one? And what's that? Who is going to be the next one that we do like next year or whenever it happens? Who do you think? Well, it's Who's not. Gonna, it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to no. say Matt Ryan's up. Matt oh. Ryan's time. The Grim Rippers hanging around Atlanta heavily, heavily these days. He's, so he's so boring. I don't know if I can make anything funny with that guy. He's just he's just white bread, boring, nothing. Well, sir, if there was ever a challenge, you're never scared yeah. to take it. So we will see so. when that time comes. Right now, boys and girls, we're gonna get to the podcast. We're gonna over the good, the bad, and the hard. You. Are you kidding me? We're going to give you every, and I said every, win coming in the air tonight in the NFL. And, of course, we're going to get you paid, as we always do with our free picks. But right now, we got to get paid to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by LardBurner.com. Some people say that all you need to lose weight is a good diet, exercise, some good old-fashioned self-restraint, and self-discipline. Well, I'm here to tell you those people are dick faces. You don't need to do any of that shit to lose your satchel ass anymore thanks to our friends at lardburner.com. But don't just take our word for it. Just listen to these real-life testimonials from people like Jimmy in Alabama. I went from 605 down to 603 in just six weeks without even having to give up my third wedding cake of the day. Thank you, Lardburner. Roll damn tide. Tony from New York. Hey, yo. My front butt was putting up some serious fucking dick shade over there, but now I'm not so fat no more. Thanks a lot, Lardburner. Or Bob from Texas. That doctor told me I need to diet, exercise, and start eating right, and I said, fuck all that shit. That's when I went on that internet there and got me some goddamn lard burner. Ain't nobody gonna take away my cold beer and brisket sandwiches. You hear me, you white coat mother... So join these three buffet killers in the marginal weight loss revolution by going to lardburner.com and putting in our code word glory hoe and lose a pound or two. You salad dodging bastards. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that lard burner had several testimonials in there from uh, some good glory hole seekers that obviously were paid to be in that ad, but didn't sound like they need to be paid. <laughs> Sounds like they had very minimal success on what seems to be a very questionable product. But, uh, buddy, I got to tell you that, you know, I've noticed you've been losing some weight. The wife number 13, right, the baker's <laughs> dozen, she could really cook. She balloons you up there about 250, I think. But, you know, you're slimming up there. So I don't know if you got the lard burner or what, what's going on there, buddy. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you for that backhanded compliment, as always. And um, <laughs> I just, you know, I don't, it's just a life choice, really. Um, cut out all the beer and don't be a fat slob. And, and you know, good things happen. It's weird. That sounds like a horrible fucking existence right there. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? All right, boys and girls, as always, start with the good, and the good last week was fucking us, baby. Four and one in the Super Contest, like my buddy mentioned, and four and one for the clients. This is our year-long quest to stay at 60% in the Super Contest at Longhorn. It is officially 
fucking begun, baby. Yeah, and the the most interesting interesting thing about that is we actually went five and one uh, if you combine them because the four and one that we sent to the clients was a little bit different than the four and one we sent to the super contest because of the the stale line situation. It's it won't always be exactly the same, but that's even better because we actually went five and one on our top six plays. Yeah, we fucking crushed it. Uh, but to go on to the bad and tell on yourself, as we always do, because we are the most honest handicappers in America. Not only are we the best, we're the most honest, too. So to bad, last week, that was Auburn, minus 27. A total crap fucking effort from Auburn. I was clearly wrong about the look-ahead factor. They were obviously fucking looking ahead to this week in LSU. And Auburn had a real chance to lose this game, and quite honest, Longhorn, I was really hoping they fucking did, but of course, <laughs> what do they do in the fourth quarter? They walk away and win by a couple of scores, because, you know, they're fucking Auburn, so they should have been winning the whole time, but yeah, fuck those guys. Oh, you ain't kidding. If we, if we, anytime we have a big favorite like that, and they go out and piss their leg, I'm just like, you know what? Fucking lose. Fuck off. Fuck off. Lose. Go away. That's, that's how I feel. Me too, buddy. And now we're going to move on to the RU fucking candidate. And this week, we have multiple candidates for a second week in a row. And Longhorn, I got to tell you, <laughs> this bit is really starting to fucking lose its humor <laughs> with me, okay? So, oh, yeah. we could go with BYU, who we had minus 22, and they were up 28-6 at the half. That's covering, or at least pushing. And then their quarterback goes down. They only score second mm. seven points in the second half and blow the cover. Or we could go with the under 47 we had Notre Dame. That game had 40 points scored with three minutes left. And then Notre Dame gets, and Notre Dame's up by 14. Then they get two pick sixes in less than two minutes. And we fucking lose. But, but, no, this week that award goes to New Mexico State. Who we had plus 17 versus Hawaii. Well, we're covering literally the entire game until there are around three minutes left. New Mexico State, who were down 13, go for it on fourth and don't get it. Now, you might be thinking, well, hell yeah, of course they went for it. They're down 13. They got a chance. You still have a prayer. You got to go for it, which I agree, except that this was fourth down on their own 23. And if that's not bad enough, it was fourth and 36. And they went for it. And they didn't even gain a fucking yard on an incomplete pass. Hawaii takes over the ball, puts forth almost no effort to score, but they still do score, killing the spread with almost no time left. And a little PSA for every coach in America. Unless you're down by one score and it's clearly your last possession in the game, when it's 4th and 36, you punt the fucking ball! I, you know what? If I can just pull back the curtain a little bit, y'all have no idea the text messages that I get on Saturdays from both Cephas. <laughs> if y'all could fucking see, because look, I, it's well known. I watch way more NFL than I do college. College is is Bo Cephas's baby, and he fuck he will. What's that movie with um? With uh, George Clooney, where he's he's in the, the the boat and he and he stays in the in the ship as it as it sinks into the bottom of the ocean in a, in a big oh, storm, perfect storm. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's Vosivas on a Saturday when it's going like <laughs> real bad. That motherfucker will stay. He will captain that ship to the bottom of the fucking ocean, and I will just read. I'll read my text messages the next day, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, this this went really really bad," and he was just staying with it like a champion. So, kudos <laughs> to you, sir. Kudos to you. <laughs> right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight baby All right, boys and girls, it is time for the segment of the week. Of course, in the air tonight, all NFL games. Here we go, Longhorn. We're kicking it off. Those fucking Washington football people are only lost last week in the contest. They are at the hot trash of Atlanta, and they are one-point road favorites. Yeah, this is a, um, man, you talk about a, a team that's been just seemingly broken and and hard to figure out uh that would that would be those redskins uh but i do have faith in this coach coach rivera for for washington i just i'm not willing to give up yet and there is that theory from people that have that dig into this stuff pretty deep that the theory of the of the you know they played nothing but bad offensive offensive last year you know teams that couldn't protect the quarterback and if that theory is right then this is absolutely a get right type game because it's the same four people on the defensive line. So either they all just magically turn to trash or they can still rush the passer when they play a bad offensive line. And there is this is one of the most awful offensive lines in football in Atlanta. And as a matter of fact, it's also one of the worst pass rushes in Atlanta. So I do expect the Washington offense to get it going a little bit better than they have. Heineke, he looked bad on his first road game start in Buffalo. That's a that's a tough man. That, that's tough. And Buffalo's defense is playing playing pretty well. So this is you know, he got that out of the way. He gets to play a much easier defense here. I am definitely leaning to Washington in this game. Um you know Curtis Samuel's practicing. I don't word is he's probably not going to play. Keep an eye on that because that's Man, they have not had that that full, full, you know, arsenal of weapons yet this year. Atlanta, however, is one of the better teaser plays um, at at that one and a half. I, I think that's what you just said. You can get them up through the three, through the seven, to the seven and a half. So I do like Atlanta on the teaser play, but I do lean to Washington at that low number. And matter of fact, I would just if you're going to play Washington, just play them on the money line. That's that would be my suggestion. So what do the computers say? Yeah, they're with you, uh, and I'm with you. So I know Washington burned us last week, but 
couple of to just kind of accentuate a couple points you just made. Uh, the Washington's best game, the game that they won against uh, the Giants, they had four sacks. And what did the Giants and the Falcons have in common? They're both bottom three in the league and off offensive adjusted sack rate. So this is the game where Washington's defensive line is going to have a good game. Now, here's what the other point that has me on Washington here. This game was Atlanta minus three in the preseason lines, and that's when Fitzpatrick was supposed to be the quarterback. Now it's minus one, and Washington has a skunky German beer throwing the ball around. So it's moved four <laughs> points. And last year or last week, like we told you, quarterback value can be tricky, but Vegas and the market has seen enough of Heineken that they know what he is, and we still get the four-point movement here. I think it's going to be the defense that's going to lead them to this victory. This is the exact type of game that Washington can win, that Washington does win. It's the 1917 ugly up, you know, type of game, type of game where, like you said, uh, Heineken's not going to be in a lot of pressure, which is good because, you know, in that light green bottle, it can't take a lot of pressure. You know, <laughs> skunks out pretty easily. So, uh -huh. and although he's been, he has been below average in EPA plus CPOA, he's still miles ahead of Matt Ryan, who has been god awful. And Man. it's not going to get any easier for Ryan this week. So, yeah, I. Unfortunately, I really like Washington once again this week. It's a good thing Atlanta took a tight end at the fourth pick overall. Thank God for that. I mean, you know, does he? He's got a few <laughs> catches this year, right? He's he's doing all right. He's got a couple. I mean, I think I've I think I've heard his name a couple times, but you know, whatever. God bless all you people that took him te one in your fantasy drafts, <laughs> and uh, maybe that'll teach you not to fucking buy into the hype. All right, we're gonna move on to those Chicago Bears. And right now, they are consensus three-point home favorite over the kneecapping Longhorns, kneecapping Detroit Lions. Uh, who's starting? For, you talk about chaos going on. Like, I would love, for, for the first time ever in my life, I'm going to say I would love to live in Chicago for this week. Like, I would just like to hear what, what is going on <laughs> down there with Nagy. Who's starting at quarterback? I even heard that they might start Nick Foles. Is it Foles? Is Dalton healthy enough to start? Is Are they going to stick with Fields? If all of them are available, who's he going to fucking play? I have no idea. Do, have you heard the latest news? I said if Dalton Dalton and Fields will both practice, if Dalton's healthy, he's still the starter. Uh, obviously, looking at the line, it's not saying that Dalton's going to start on the movement because this line has moved a ton. So I would assume hmm. that it's Fields. Okay, I, I'm kind of assuming too, so I'm right there with you. So, Fields was absolutely awful. You know, Chicago had 47 total yards and one yard passing last week. That is, man, you talk about the lowest of lows. And Detroit, like, it. let's face it, this is their highest value they're probably ever going to have. Um, they they have deserved better, so I'm not, I'm not knocking them. They play hard. They fight. They deserve a little better than what they've gotten. However, I can't really, you know, I can't justify taking Detroit here on the road, you know, at their highest value with Chicago at their lowest value. And we talked last week about the high variance of, of a rookie quarterback, especially one with the, with these, the, uh, tra the traits that Fields has. So, you know, if I had to, I would probably lay 
the points here. I liked it better at two and a half than three. Um, so that, that's definitely a key number you need to shop around if you do like it. Uh, but just, oh, what a gross game. And it, j- just to do a little quick quarterback comparison, Fields passer rating when clean. So this is not when he's under pressure and like, you know, people talk about, oh, he's got no time. His offensive line sucks. No, no. This is when it's clean. His passer rating is 55.7 compared to golf in this game. When clean, passer rating 113.1. So, you know, it's it's ugly. It's gross. I would never touch this. I hope I hope the computers don't like it because I want I want no part of this. Too much variance. But on a force lean, I would take Chicago at home just because I can't I can't roll with with everybody's on Detroit right now. So, you know, for some reason, they've become the public darling. So that's exactly what I want to get off of them. <laughs> what do the computers say? Yeah, the numbers are split on this one, but I'm not. Uh, the public might like Detroit, but if they like them, they like them for the wrong reasons. So here's why I like Detroit. This line was five and a half. It's moved to two and a half. That's the three-point downgrade that we said Fields was at least from Dalton. Uh, the market did adjust after that horrific performance last week now detroit is sneakily the fourth best adjusted sack rate team on defense with eight sacks already through three games fields obviously struggles with pressure and like you said about variance so if you're gonna bet variance like we told you last week the best time to do it is when you're a dog well they're favorites now this is not when you bet favorites when you have this big of variance there's no bigger variance than rookie quarterbacks in the nfl and again he could go out and be awesome. Uh, the only, really only exception to the variance rule so far through the rookie quarterbacks has been the McCookie Monster Jones in New England because, and quite frankly, because he's the most limited of all the quarterbacks. So there's not really a lot of variance to be had. You know, he can only do a certain amount of things. He has certain skills. That's mm-hmm. all he can do, right? So he's not going to be high variance. He's going to be very low variance in what you get out of him. Feels the exact opposite. And here's the thing. Detroit's not going 0-17. And not to say Chicago's going to lose the rest of their games either because I think Dalton does come back. They get back on track. They win some games. It's not going to be this one. I love Detroit here. I think Detroit goes and wins this game. I think they win it handily. What? Like you said, Goff has been playing pretty good football as long as he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, Detroit's going to go up there and and win this game. Wow. Okay, we have major disagreement here, so... All right, that's that's that makes it fun. All right, we're gonna move on, and we're going to as I scroll. Uh, we're going to oh the New York J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Oh man! And this line is all the way down to a consensus six and a half point home dog. Woo, money coming in on them Jets, Longhorn. Oh, bullshit. I saw it at seven early. You can still find some sevens, though. So You and- can find some sevens at BetMGM, at the Circuit, and at the Superbook, where the contest at. However, six and a half at Caesar, six and a half at wins, six and a half at FanDuel, six and a half at points bet, mm. six and a half overall consensus. What the fuck? Okay, so that tells me, with, with the line dropping like that, I mean, I've got this in my notes, that tells me that Julio and AJ, who are both dealing with, with injuries, are probably not going to play. Um, so that's part of my write-up. I have a lean to the Jets here. It is disgusting, gross as fuck. The Jets have scored 20 points in three games. They are 0-3 uh, for the season and 0-3 ATS. Wait, look, this fuck, if is, is that bad? Is that it's bad, pretty. 
That's pretty bad, and I wish okay. that I could have. Just want to clarify? I, I wish I had. I wish I had a lot more notes here to tell you why I like the Jets, but I don't. Um, and I tried. Like I spent, I spent some time on this digging into the numbers that I've got. You know, I, I, I'm a PFF whore, so I dig into all their you know advanced analytics on that. And I, I seriously, I tried to find more of a reason to like it. The best thing I got is that. Tennessee is horrible on defense, specifically in the secondary. They're not much of a pass rush. So if anything, if any time that Wilson's going to look like a real quarterback and not literally a high school quarterback, this is the time. Um, this this matchup for Tennessee reminds me of the Arizona matchup, which was I think that was Week One, and and I and I said that Arizona was that Week One. I think it was Week One. I said that Arizona yeah. is kind of a matchup. Um, it's a good matchup for them against Tennessee. It's because and it's because they got big bodies. They have big defensive players. They they won't get bully balled by the Tennessee offense. And you know somehow this Jets defense, which isn't really it's not good at all. It's a poor defense. However, they kind of have the bodies and and the size to physically match up with this Tennessee team. So it's look, man. It's a nuts on the table type type of pick for me. I am leaning to the Jets. I don't like it at six and a half. I really need to get that seven uh, to, to to have a strong lean. But I will put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. I'm not going to hit the sounder because I'm not going to do that to people. But just like Cincy last week against Pittsburgh, when I felt like I should have hit the sounder but didn't because I was scared, I have the same feeling in this game. Um, so love the jets here. Uh, Bocevus. what do the computer say? I'm, I'm kind of scared of what you're going to say right now. Well, I didn't sit, expect such a strong handicap in this game. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, this game, Tennessee. Yeah. It's split on that. Uh, the power rankings like Tennessee, obviously the jets are the worst team greater than our power ratings are even worse than, <laughs> Jacksonville right now for a lot of the reasons you just said. Uh, so there's nothing analytically to support you. However, I've got a trend. We used it last week, uh, and it won us some money in Miami. And we're going to go with the same trend here to support you. Since 2015, and, uh, and I updated the numbers, teams coming off a shutout loss are 21 now, 5-2 and two ATS. That is 81% in mm. 20 eight games since 2015 this is the perfect if you're gonna bet the jets this is the perfect spot to do it i believe in that you gotta get the seven don't take the six and a half uh i I like the handicap on the limiting the run because if tennessee can't bully you that means that they gotta rely on the pass and if they strictly have to rely on the pass even though Tannehill's proven himself plenty capable that's not the game that they you know do well at I think Tennessee does win the game. However, seven points is a lot of points here, even against a shitty, shitty Jets team. The numbers are split, though, so I can't be too strong on it. But that that trend does support you. Uh, if if that Jets. if that trend hits again, if it hits again, that'll be 2-0 this season. So the next time we have it, I probably won't support it so hard because it'll be almost time to fade it. But let's, right now. Let's go, Jets. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Zach Wilson, and I will slide into your mother's DMs if you win this game. Gross. All right. 
We're going to move on to Minnesota. Where those fighting cousins won us some money last week. And they are again, again, two-point dogs at home, but this time to your Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and this is the Stefanski return to Minnesota. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna get support here, but I I've got to lean to Minnesota on this one. Um, they're better than their record shows. They're tough at home, obviously. Um, they lost them to in overtime to Cincinnati in Week One, and they had like a million penalties in that game, uh, which you know you can't completely discount, but. It, it happened. They had a million. Was that an you know, official way stat? Behind. Was it one million? One, <laughs> it was one, one million feel, penalties. I feel it was like they're probably leading the league. It was actually the best tie of all time. One million penalties, and you got a tie. It was, it was, <laughs> I, I actually upgraded them after that. So week two, they lost because of the stupid fucking kicker missing a chip shot. And then, of course, last week they they put it all together, went back home, and uh, shit stomped Seattle. They really they really handled them. If you watch that game. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't close at all. Zimmer over sixty percent ATS at home, and here's the deal: let's we got to be honest about about Cleveland, and they, and they are my they are one of my darlings, and I do think they're going to get better as the year goes on. Like I've said before, they lost to Kansas City, they struggled with Houston until Tyrod Taylor got hurt, and then they beat up a horrible rookie quarterback who was not ready to play last week in Justin Fields and and obviously what we think is a horrible coach in in Nagy. So I'm not sure that they're where we think that they or at least where I think they will be by the end of the year. So I'm not ready to jump on this uh and say they're going they're two points better in Minnesota against this team and and against this coach. So I do have a lean to Minnesota here. I got a lean to the under 51, it, it, as long as it's 51 or higher, because 51 is a key number in in totals. Um, both teams are going to ru- try to run the shit out of the ball. Um, and um, Cleveland's missing missing their, their weapons. You know, they got Landry out. Odell, he is what he is. And until I see him be, like, super explosive, he's just kind of a, a – an, I don't want to say average, but slightly above average receiver out there. So I think both teams are going are gonna to lean on the running game. Clock's going to run all, all day long, so I think he got value there at the under 51, but I do lean Minnesota. What the computer say? This one is a zero delta. Zero delta, and I think that's a fair grade. Uh, if, you, if you flipped it around, we're getting two points now for home. It'd be Cleveland minus six. Uh, I don't think anybody would bat an eye at that line either. I think that's fair as well. Um the under over under is fifty one and a half consensus right now, so you're getting half a point above that key number fifty one. So your under holds true there. I don't have a lot on this game. I'm interested to watch it. I don't have a feel for it either way. I don't really have any supporting data. Either way, um, yeah. I would lean to you on Minnesota only because if you look at the underlying numbers, Kirk Cousins is playing so well to start this season, and Baker. He hasn't been bad. He has not been bad, and I don't want to paint that picture. But he hasn't been great either. He's just kind of been Baker. So it's kind of somewhere in between his really, really bad you know, second year in the league that he had and his really, really good third year. So, uh, But he's been very, very efficient. He's been very, very – he's done everything that the offense has asked him to do. He hasn't tried to do too much. He hasn't had a problem with the turnover. So if he's efficient and they can run the ball in Minnesota, I mean, I think Minnesota might be in for a long afternoon, but 
again, Minnesota can score the ball. So I think Minnesota's going to stay in this game. Absolutely. That's why I loved them against Seattle last week because they can score the ball. You know, I don't, I don't have a lean on this game either way. So I'll stick with the computers in here and just say pass on this one. All right. All right, moving on. We've got... Uh, okay. Oh, those Miami Dolphins. What is money last week? They're minus two this week at home, hosting the Indianapolis uh, Broken Ankle Colts, I guess we're calling them at this point. Uh, I don't know what Wentz's deal is, except that, you know, I don't know that he can play quarterback anymore. But anyway, Miami's two-point home favorite. Yeah, you, you know what's coming here. Everybody knows what's coming here. Hello, <laughs> corner TV game. This is I have no write-up. Four offensive touchdowns in three games for Miami. Indy is a fucking train wreck. First one to ten wins. And let me know next week on the podcast who it is because both Cephas I will not watch. Next. Yep. This is a zero-point delta again, so pass for me. We're going to move on to those Dallas Cowboys. And they are consensus Four and a half point, moving down to four in some spots, but consensus right now, four and a half point home favorites over those curl line of Panthers. Yeah, and this happens once or twice a week, every week. You know, I uh, I have initial leans when I first when lines first come out, and then as I start digging, it's like hmm hmm thing, things start hitting me, and and I and sometimes I have a change in initial thought. I still can be talked into Dallas here for sure because it is not a strong lean to Carolina for me, but it is a lean to Carolina at that four and a half. Um, and really the key to this to this change when I dug into the numbers was the play of Darnold under duress because that's what we all think. We all think that like, oh, you know, Darnold, he's not good. But, you know, he'll, he'll res- resort back to his, his bad ways once he gets a little pressure. Well, when I dug in, I started looking at the pressure rate, and his pressure, his pass rating under pressure is 82.5. Compared to Dak, who we know is, is good under pressure, his is 80.5. So they're both playing well under pressure with pass rating. Now, I looked at the turnover-worthy plays, uh, which is another indicator of you know how you play under pressure. Do you, are you just giving the ball away? Well, Darnold was, was 2.48%. Dak is 2.94%. Uh, so, you know... When I, I just I didn't see what I thought I was going to see when I was digging in these numbers is what I'm trying to say, Bocevis. And then you take it to the coaching. My God, you talk about a coaching mismatch. You've got a new, a new school analytical driven coach for Carolina rule, Coach Rule, and I, I I feel like maybe we misjudged Aaron Rodgers a little bit because maybe McCarthy was as stupid as he looks and as stupid as, as Aaron Rodgers obviously thought he was <laughs> because I, I, I'm, I, I'm done with the um, the clock mismanagement with, with these coaches. I can't get over it. When I, see, when I see a coach do that, I just think, God, you're stupid. And if you're that stupid with this, then, how, then what else are you stupid at that we don't see you know, necessarily in the day-to-day running of your team? You got 10, 10 days of rest for Carolina coming in this game with a, with what I think is the is the better coach. Um, so again, I could be talked into Dallas because it's not a strong strong lean, but man, I I got to I got to lean to Carolina in the points here. And don't be I talked about it last week and I was way wrong that like this is 
Philly and Dallas, this is the type of game that Dallas gives up, chokes up. A lot of emotion there. Probably what I overlooked was the, was the first home game for, for Dallas. Jimmy Johnson getting getting his shine. You know, Dak's first first game back in the stadium to play there since his injury. Probably probably missed that part of it, the emotion emotional wave part. But here, you know, again, this is going to happen till it till it finally till it finally comes true. Like Dallas is going to go full Dallas at some point and give up a game they shouldn't. Maybe this is it. Maybe it isn't. But I do lean to the uh, four and a half points here. So that's interesting. You say the the clock management and what else are you not good at. So here's where I'm at with it. It's one thing to be a head coach and not being good at clock management. That's that's understandable because you've got so much going on. But here's what's not forgivable to me. If you're the CEO, right, which every head coach is the CEO of football operations from field level, whatever GM, whatever owner, doesn't matter. At the field level, you are the CEO. As a CEO, any good CEO hires people around them that are better than them at handling stuff that they're not good at, right? Every successful company does that. And if you're not good at clock management, which obviously uh, Mike McCarthy is not, and I'll give full credit to uh, KT Turner uh, from the Ben and Skin Show, he said it for years. He's a huge Packers fan. He said it when he was hired. He's like, this guy's the worst clock management person ever. He's too busy yelling at referees to pay attention to game situations. It was pretty much Rodgers out there running shit because, you know, his fat ass is over there just distracted by things. So if you're not good at it, and here's my other thing. On getting hired, upon the hire, McCarthy said, I went back and reevaluated everything I did. I hired all these people to come in. They watched my tape. They taught me analytics. They did this. They did that. I reevaluated my whole thing. And that's how he pitched it to Jimmy and, uh, or sorry, Jim, Jerry and uh, Steven. And that's how he got hired. Well, obviously, he was full of fucking shit. He didn't reevaluate a goddamn thing because he's still doing the same crap. And if you're. T- too stubborn i won't say stupid if you're too stubborn to hire somebody around you to you know fill in your uh fill in fill in what your for your deficiencies which we all have them right we all have deficiencies in, in, in one shape or another if you're too stubborn to you know put the people around you to help you then that shows you have not grown so i will go with you on that now this game, getting back to it from the number standpoint, is another zero-point delta. I think finally the market has caught up with Dallas. And, you know, how good of a football team they are. We were not down on Dallas to start the year in our power rankings, and that's why we've made some money off them so far. Uh, so right now, though, even with us being ahead of the market, the market's caught up. It's a zero-point delta here with Carolina. And Carolina's defense has been dominant, but... The number one DVOA, but the reason for that is because you know of the competition they've played. So this right. will be the best offense that they will see outside of Tampa Bay twice this season, the entire year. The Cowboys' offense is yeah. exceptional, so for that's sure. a measuring stick game for them. But however, this is also the best defense that Dallas has seen thus far as well. I'm not saying they, that they will, but that they have seen because we thought it was going to be Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's defense, obviously, so far through the season, has not come together pretty terrible. I think they're like 25th in DVOA. So this is a measuring stick team or measuring stick game for both teams with their best units, offense versus defense. It's a stay away game for me, especially with the number. I mean, for me, 
especially with the number. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm interested to see how this game goes. And with the Dak thing, you're talking about quarterbacks and his numbers, he, he is, I, to me, Dak's playing the best quarterback that he's ever played. However, I think that, and I, of all people, fucking Brett Favre, I think, nailed it on the head. He said because he thought because of the injury and that Dak has been limited physically with his mobility, which there's no doubt if you watch the game, Dak does not move. Like he, I mean, that, that play inside the five where he's running, I mean, Dak used to just truck motherfuckers and run to the end zone. He had no chance. He had no chance to score that ball. And so whether it's mental in his mind, he doesn't want to test that, that ankle, or whether it's physical, he's just that limited, that part of his game is gone, at least for now. But without that, what has he done? He's went from a quarterback that holds the ball the most historically in his career to he's got like the second or third fastest release time, There's, I mean, from snap to throwing the ball in the entire league. Dak is smart enough to know what his deficiencies is. He's He works hard enough to know what he's got to do. Now it's affected his air yards. He's way down for his career so far this year on his air yards, you know, throwing the ball in there, how long does it travel in the air? He's throwing a bunch of quick, short passes because, you know, he doesn't trust his mobility to get out of some of those situations. And with Carolina, with their pass rush, you know, it could be a problem. You saw it a little bit in Philly. They're, you know, they're inside of the interior offensive line got dominated uh, by Fletcher Cox and some other fucking guy, Hargrave, and you probably know him, but I don't know him. But he, yeah. he's going to face a little bit of that with Carolina. So, again, I don't have a lean on this game either way. It's going to be very interesting to see. But this game, this is one of those games, boys and girls, in week three. So, after, or sorry, week four. After week four, the data really starts to line up, and this is the reason why, because we start to see some of these matchups that we haven't seen, and this is one of those matchups going to tell us a lot about both of these teams going forward. My last nugget on this game is the reason why I leaned to Dallas initially is because they can score the football, and Carolina obviously can't. However, with McCaffrey out, you would think instantly negative, right, for Carolina, which I'm not saying it's a positive, but sometimes when you don't have that guy, your number one usage has got to lean on, and he's a running back. Sometimes that forces a smart coach like Matt Rule to realize, okay, I've got to open this up more. We've got to get Darnold throwing the ball more. Now, with Sam Darnold, that can open you up to a lot of variance, and he could have two or three picks. We'll see, especially the Cowboys, I believe, lead the league so far in turnovers this year. And Longhorn, as you and I know, just because you're not great at turning the ball over, if you get in a good trend starting the season, sometimes it carries you all the way throughout and all the way to the playoffs. And that's where the Cowboys are trending right now. It's going to be a very interesting game to watch, and I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Be a good one. All right, moving on. Those New Holland Saints. And they are now down to the consensus seven-point home favorite versus the New York football suck-my-ass Giants. Yeah, and you know what? You summed it up perfect last week when we were talking after the games uh, because I just had a lean on the Giants last week and um, at home against Atlanta, fucking Atlanta, and they, they shit their pants. like So you said it perfect. When they're at home, you fade them. When they're on the road, lean on them. So this falls right into the lean on them stage. They are 10-4 and four ATS on the road with Danny Dimes. They are 4-11 and 11 ATS at home. Like, it's just fucking clockwork. Um, you know, so, so yes, I'm going to lean to the Giants here. Don't like it. It's kind of gross. But let's let's be real. Jameis Winston 
has not passed for more than 148 yards in a game yet. Let me repeat that. In 2021 NFL football, the year of our Lord, he has not thrown for more than 148 yards in a game. That is atrocious. And if you watched the game last week, I saw something I've never seen before. A quarterback threw a touchdown, came to the sideline, and got yelled at by his coach. Because, because if you watch the play, <laughs> Jameis Winston threw a touchdown when he was almost uh, like on his back and just threw it up, and the receiver made a just just you know go up and get it type play with a defender draped over him. It was the perfect Jameis bonehead. What the fuck are you doing? Play. Uh, they got problems in in New Orleans. They got big problems. This is the this is the homecoming game for them. They have not been home yet. All season because of the hurricane, you know, is are there distractions on your first your first time back home being away for so for so long? Maybe that plays into it. You know, I will say this: New Orleans falls into that perfect Stanford Wong uh, teaser play. Uh, take that from that seven. And, is it still seven and a half? Both Is that what you said? Seven consensus at the moment. Mm, okay, well. If it, it was at 7.5, and, and if it's at 7.5, you take it through the 7, through the 3, uh, and, and they become a perfect teaser play. Uh, but, yeah, of course, it, 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 fade fade at home, play them on the road. That, that's 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 the way you do the Giants. So, I, I lean Giants. 100%. Uh, and to get more specific in that trend, the Giants are 10-1 and one ATS in their last 11 on the road as a dog. Mm. Now, Sometimes, you know, trends are trends or whatever. They don't correlate. I think, personally, this one does correlate because Daniel Jones has shown to be sort of a dumb-faced junior so far. <laughs> I think he might be a little mentally soft. little fucking oh. weak in the head, that kid. He's, he's got and, uh, two Super home, Bowls coming in his future. <laughs> <laughs> at home, all he's waiting for is his first incompletion, his first bad pass. His first fumble, which he does lead the league in turnovers since he mm. came into it. His first anything to get fucking booed, right? He's waiting on it. It's coming. They're going to boo him. But on the road, you know, he can go out there and fuck up, and the other team cheers. So it's kind of like <laughs> a little bit of reverse psychology for him. So I think that's okay. why. I mean, I'm kind of making a joke, but I'm kind of serious, too. Like, I think that that's the reason why. It doesn't bother him on the road because he knows he can go out there and fuck up and he's not going to get his balls boot off or his mom getting shit thrown at her in the stands, right? People are probably high-fiving her for, you know, making such a shitty quarterback. But I think that's why that does correlate. Now, like you said, Jameis Winston, here's my thing with Jameis Winston. Jameis used to be the ultimate, and we have ridden that fucking Crab King roller coaster throughout the year, right? He Throughout the years. The variance on this guy is just like a rookie quarterback, except his whole career. Like, he could be boom, <laughs> he could be bust, big time. Uh-huh. But now, the variance on him is the stinker he had in week two, which he did throw three or four interceptions, the old Jameis. Or he can throw for 140 yards, and somehow they win the game because they get the three turnovers. But if that's his good part, if that's his ceiling, if you want to call that that, that ain't fucking good. And that's not good enough to lay eight points to fucking air. So I'm with you on the Giants. The numbers are with you on the Giants. And, uh, man, as bad as I hate, hate, sometimes to bet these G-men, I think we I think we finally found, like the cousins at nighttime, 
little spot here for the Giants. I think I think this is where they are in the sweet spot. I agree. All right, we're going to move on to those goddamn dirty Eagles, and they got their fucking asses whipped in Arlington on Monday. And now they get to go home, and, you know, they get the little gift of facing uh, the best fucking quarterback in football, and he's coming to town, and he's a seven-point road favorite. Yeah, and, you know, this one's pretty simple. you got Philly coming off a primetime embarrassment. You've got, you know, yes, one of the better coaches in the NFL, but he's got his health distraction. How... How long did he spend in the hospital? How long did it take him to get back into a buffet line and fill that fill those arteries back he up? Had, we don't know. Huh? Yeah, he had a cheeseburger stuffed in his left ventricle, I think was the yeah. official well, analysis of what happened. I, I I can fully believe that, but here's the deal. If they pulled that cheeseburger <laughs> out, he undoubtedly went and shoved the sausage back in there. Like he he's gonna <laughs> fill them back. Like <laughs> that's just what he does. So I don't know how much time he's He's gotten to spend on this game. Now it is a homecoming for him going back to Philly. Um, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend too much time on this. Force lean to Philly on me if I had to, um, just simply because it's those seven points at home. But let's be honest, Philly lost two more starting offensive liner. Uh, soft, excuse me, words are hard. Starting offensive linemen in last <laughs> week's game that makes that makes three starting offensive lineman down for the year. They had already lost their best defensive end pass rusher. So, uh, you know, this is stay away game for me. I don't want to touch it. Um, Kansas City does fall into that teaser territory. It's not the perfect scenario. It's not the perfect advantage teaser. They are one of those teaser plays, though. So, gross game. I, I probably don't want anything on this. What, what do the computers say? Yeah, numbers are split on this one. The power rankings do lean to Philly, though. I mean, how could they not at this point? Uh, with right. Kansas City being 1-2 and two and 0-3, oh and three, I believe, versus the spread. So they are not meeting expectations. Or are they 1-2 and two in the spread? Do I have that wrong? Well, they're, they're like 2-11 and 11 in their last forever against the spread. They, they just no, don't yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So they've started 0-3 yeah, oh on the spread, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... Yeah, and with, with Andy Reid, I mean, obviously he's the best there is coming off a of bye, coming off rest. I don't know how good he is coming out of the hospital, uh, but Kansas City is the better football team. I love your teaser pick here. I don't really have a lot on this game because, again, it's such variance, and if you want the variance, you got to bet the dog, and if you want that, you got Philly. So, you know, say what you want to about Hurts. He's obviously not a very good quarterback in the NFL. He's below average by every advanced analytics, but... He does provide the kind of variance that can, you know, keep you in games or even come back and backdoor a game like this, especially against a team like Kansas City, who is fucking notorious now for not covering spreads and being overvalued. They're obviously getting well overvalued, according to our power rankings here. This is actually one of the bigger deltas on our board to Philly. So I definitely have to lean with you to Philly on this one. The back door is always open. That's what she said. All right, we're moving on to Buffalo. And they are now 17 and a half point. <laughs> what? Home favorites to Houston. <laughs> oh 17 God. and a half. This line is steaming up to yeah. the fucking yep. men of Buffalo. This might come as a surprise to people, but I do not have a write up on this game. Like, this is real simple. Uh, <laughs> I just. I, 
we don't we're not in the business of laying 17 and a half fucking points in the NFL so it's Houston or nothing for me and I want nothing uh, I'll probably glance at the score at the end of the day on Sunday and it'll probably say something like 41 to 10 or some shit I will I will probably glance and see what old Joshy boy is doing because he played really well last week and he he kind of had that bounce back mojo that he really needed like he needed that um, so let's see if he can continue that pinpoint accuracy josh allen because we'll need to know that going forward for future uh handicapping i don't give a shit about this game but i do want to see how josh plays so that i know how to kind of assess him going forward that's all i have in this game what do you got yeah the numbers are obviously going to be on houston you're never you're never going to analytically be able to lay this many points in the nfl and get the numbers on your side that will never, ever happen in a million years. Uh, the total is only 47, so you're talking about a complete dominant asshole in the NFL. I don't. I, I like Houston. I do like the 17.5 points. Again, mm. yeah, Buffalo, they're, they're riding now, right? They start 0-1, but now they're 2-1. They're going to win the football game. They're going to be 3-1. They're not going to have a lot of motivation to catch this margin. Houston has nothing but motivation to go try and play hard. And for the most part, they have played hard. They're just not a very good football team. But David Mills wasn't a disaster. He wasn't great. But he wasn't as bad as, you know, some of the other rookies that we've seen. You know, fucking, he was better than Trevor Lawrence. He was better than Zach Wilson. He was better than fucking uh Yeah, but this is first road Fields. game, though. First road game. First, at- yeah, first road game. And But, I mean, that's all account. Like, that number is accounting for all of that. No, and plus I'm- some. And I just, I can't... It it like like you said it's Houston or nothing right and I right. I I kind of like Houston here it's a gross game but yeah all right moving on those L A want us some fucking money against the goat Rams woo mm. they are minus four right now against the circus midget who brings his tent to town and uh, we'll see what happens Longhorn what you got on this one yeah actually I'm torn on this game so I'm gonna I'm gonna you know do a quick little handicap and probably throw it to the computers and ask for some help because I, I i can make arguments on both sides it's it's just a tough one for me um this is for the division lead you know they're both three and oh and i my main takeaway there's two main takeaways number one mcveigh owns coach bro okay so you can't ignore that like that is a that's i think it's six is it six games now that, that they've played in division and he owns his ass, so that cannot be ignored. But also, on the other side, that's that was a Super Bowl-type victory last week. And I'm all about the letdowns. I'm all about the look-aheads. I'm all about these little perfect spot situational-type type handicap uh, things. And this falls right into that to one of those. So, you know, normally a team coming off a – fucking coach is running like – 40-yard sprints down the field to, to high-five uh, players scoring touchdowns. Like, that was a huge, huge win for the Rams. So, it's a perfect spot for a letdown. However, McVeigh owns Coach Bro. So, I'm split. I am um, – I'm going to I'm gonna have to rely on the computers here and, and let them help me out. What, what do they got? Yeah, they're split on it, too. Um, mm. The power rankings do have a slight edge to Arizona. Uh, but as wow. far as the total numbers, they they are split. Um, but like you said, McVay owns Coach Bro, and sometimes, especially in these division matchups, just like we said, just 
or at least like I said last week, Dallas versus Philly. I mean, Dak just owns NFC East. He owns these teams. Right. And kind of like Arizona owns San Francisco, at least ATS, since Coach Bro and Kyle mm-hmm. Murray showed up. It's the exact opposite here. I'm not going to buck that trend. They're 4-0, or you know, 6-0, like you said. And also, I think 5-0-1 on the spread. They haven't lost straight up, and they have not lost a game against the spread, period. Versus this can't team. Can't be ignored. Uh, can't be ignored. I, I mean, you just can't. You cannot ignore that. So there's no value there uh, to me, to Arizona. It's four is kind of a dead number either way. Uh, if it got down to three and a half, I would kind of like the Rams then there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that at that point, it would be a zero delta on the power ratings. It's about a point difference right now. So okay. we will see. Or sorry, it's about, it, yeah, it's half point difference right now. If it got down three and a half, it would be a zero point delta. So. I don't know. I we'll watch this number. It could end. Up, it could end up in our plays. We will see. But uh, I mean, the, the only way I can lean right now is to the Rams. I know they had the big win, but you know what? Arizona, uh, they're what? They're three zero also. Yeah, they're three and zero, and I think three and zero ATS. Mm, did they cover against Minnesota? Uh, no, they didn't. That missed kick. No, they didn't cover against Minnesota. No. Yeah, you're right. Two and one. Sorry. But they should have lost that football game. They should be two and one and two and one, right? So that's right. really what they should be. You can't say the Rams should have lost a game yet. Um, so again, I think the Rams are just going too good right now. They got Deshaun Jackson there right now. Now maybe later on the season, injuries and all that kind of stuff line up. But right now, the Rams are the better football team, and I don't see how you can. Buck again that trend, but uh, right now it's a pass for me. Okay. All right, moving on. San Francisco. They are hosting those Seattle Seahawks, and they are three-point home favorites. Man, that I hate being split and torn on this, but this is another tough one for me. Um, I how do you bet? Again, I'm going to give two things that, that contradict themselves, and I can't figure out which one to lean to, although you did just talk me into L.A. on that last one. So I, I think I would lean L.A. Rams with you on that one. But help me out with this one, too, again, Bocevas. I, I can't tell which one to t- to put more credit into. Do Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, is he going to lose three in a row? Three straight games? I mean, I doubt it, especially against a depleted secondary for San Francisco who seemingly can't stop anything through the air. Um, but then on the other side, uh, you know, Seattle, that defense is trash. Like, I mean, and that's Pete Carroll. That's his baby. That's his side of the ball. It is straight trash. And now we got to check on the health of Tyler Lockett. I know he came back in that game after that little scare that he had. Uh, but the last I saw, he, he didn't practice this week. So I do need to see the, the updated stats of him because that dude seems to be the, 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 one of the cogs to that to that engine on offense, um, man. San Francisco, you talk like like when we did our preseason podcast and we did we did all of our digging into the rosters or I do like their trenches on both sides of the ball have been the most unimpressive for for what they should be of any team I can think of in the NFL. On, on the defensive line and the offensive line, they are not playing up to their talent. And, you know, I'm scratching my head. I can't figure this out. Um, you know, 
I would probably force lean to Seattle here just because I like getting points in what I think are going to be coin flip games. What do the computers say? Because because I've got to lean to Seattle here reluctantly. What, what do you got? Well, buddy, I'd say with the computers uh, are completely undecided. It's a zero point delta. So Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot. Of, well, I mean, it's the data is getting sharper, but so is the market, and that's what happens as the season goes on. And that's why you see a lot of these, you know, people, so called handicappers or whatever, uh, early on in the NFL season, touting out their wins and all this bullshit. But as the as the data comes in and as the market gets sharper, which it always does, the, those people start to lose and they start to disappear off all social media. And that's when we <laughs> fucking just take over. So, yeah. that's another one of those games. Again, zero point delta. You said, can you see Seattle losing three? I don't know. I mean, they've they've only won one game. And the other game that you know people said they should have won Tennessee, yeah, they were definitely in control of that game. But they definitely let that slip away without you – know, if Tyler Lockett can't play, he is – I mean, at this point, you got to say probably the number one deep threat in the NFL consistently year after year after year. And him and Russell Wilson just have that magic connection. That's a huge, huge part of their offense. Without the threat of the deep ball, what are they? They don't run it very well. I mean, DK Metcalf, yeah, he can catch some deep balls. He hasn't so far this year. And he's a chain mover. But San Francisco – I mean, as bad as you say they played in the trenches, they should be 3-0. They should be 3-0. That was shitty fucking clock management. It was shitty fucking coaching. They cost them that win against Green Bay. They went toe-to-toe with Green Bay. And all the fucking Jimmy G haters out there, he went right down the field, scored what should have been the game-winning touchdown in the most crunch of crunch times. And for him to lose that game is a fucking travesty. So if they were 3-0... How much more different do you think your handicap would be versus, you know, maybe it wouldn't be because you are sharper than most on Whoa. Seattle, and we thought they were going to be a pretty winning, pretty, pretty good team. However, I will say this, and this is what kind of has me leaning San Francisco. At this point, if you look at division odds, a lot of people would be shocked to see who is, you know, the division odds favorite if you look at every division. Now, Seattle right now is dead last to win the division. You say, yeah, of course, they're 1-2, and two. blah, blah, blah. Every other team is, you know, 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh. Yeah, that doesn't fucking matter. Kansas City's 1-2, and two, and they're still uh, minus 120 to win that division. Oakland, or sorry, Las Vegas, is 3-0. and oh. They're plus 550 to win that division. Dead ass wow. fucking last. So, Vegas tells you kind of when to buy and sell stock on some of these teams. And surprisingly to me, Vegas is not telling you to buy stock on Seattle. So something they see in them is fundamentally not there. So could they go lose 3-0? I think they can. Will they? I don't know. Russell's such a special player. He's one of those kind of dudes that can kind of pull, you know, shit out of nothing. Uh, Just like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers literally pulled a fucking win out of his ass last week in San Francisco. So I'm not going to put past Russell to go win this game, but there's nothing that would there's nothing that would take me away from leaning San Francisco here, except the fact that it is zero delta. There's no value here. It's definitely I can't bet it because of that. But I mean, something in Vegas is telling them that Seattle's just not they're not the play this year in the West. So we'll see. And again, it's not the I- record. It's literally what Vegas is projecting. 
I would just love to see San Francisco in that rushing, misdirection, rushing attack, like busting these running backs in these open lanes. Like, I haven't seen it yet. I don't recognize this as San Francisco running attack. So I'd like to see that before I can start believing in them, but I, I agree with everything you said. Well, they're also, I think the next person on their depth chart on the running back is you. So well, they're, that's they're getting matter. down to Mo- it. That's never matter. Moster <laughs> came out of nowhere. Moster was a I nobody. Know, like, like it just, it's just, I don't recognize it. So we'll see. All right, moving on. Those Denver Broncos, three and Denver Broncos, who are, I think, man, if I can remember right, they're second. I think no, 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 they're third right now to win the West at plus five hundred. Even though they're three and and right now they're home and they're pick them. I guess Lamar and the Ravens. We have a lot of disagreement in this game. I have I have heard people all over the map on this. I know which way we lean, and that's the way we're going to stick. Um, you know, Denver has a they've only allowed twenty six total points um, this season, and seven of those uh, were a, was a kickoff return touchdown, and then seven more was a last second meaningless touchdown by Daniel by Daniel Jones, um, but. It doesn't matter. This is a huge, huge step up in competition for Denver. So we'll actually get to see the real Denver on on this one. Um, third downs. Third downs is going to tell the story of this game. Through three games, Denver is second best in PFF grade on third downs. And Baltimore somehow is second worst on third downs. That will absolutely even out. Uh, throughout the season and there's no better time for that to even out than right here um, and on top of that Denver is down two they're now down two weapons on offense um, Jerry Judy was already out and now they lost KJ Hamler so you can only lose so many weapons uh, when you have a somewhat limited quarterback although he's playing really well you can only lose so many weapons uh, before it starts starts to take effect and now with this big step up in competition I just, to me, this is this is the time when we can we rarely ever get to buy Baltimore this low, and it's just like buying stock. When you got a stock this low, that's when you buy it. And it's a good stock, and it's dropped for whatever reason. This is when you buy it. Um, Jimmy Smith is coming back this this week in the secondary for Baltimore. That's a huge get for them. They had a bunch of players off last week with COVID issues. They're coming back. Uh, and, and let's face it, last week we did have Detroit. We got fortunate. You know, we had them plus eight and a half. It was a good spot for Detroit. We took them. We got the win. But if you watch that game, Hollywood Brown dropped at least two touchdowns right in his hands. That could have that could have changed that game. Now, maybe those fighting lines would have just keep, kept fighting back and, and stayed in that game anyways. You never know. But the fact is, I don't expect, I don't expect those drop touchdowns to happen again. I do expect... A bounce back for Denver here, and a, and facing reality with a with a good team, a good defense, and good coaching. So we're we're split here, uh, buddy. You and me. We talked about this this game all week. Uh, there's a lot of people against us on this one, but I think you and I are sticking to our guns on this one and leaning towards Baltimore. I will say this uh, before I throw it to you, and this does go against us a little bit, and we'll but we'll see how this plays out against an actual real defense because. Teddy Two Gloves has played three really bad defenses. 
However, against the Blitz this season, Teddy Two Glove is seven is seventeen for seventeen with an over ten yards per uh, per attempt and four touchdowns. So the the dude is playing his ass off. That you got to tip your your, your hat to him uh, for sure. But I expect the uh, parade to end this weekend and Baltimore to get that win. Yeah, well, like all of Hollywood, obviously Hollywood Brown is morally bankrupt and can't deliver uh, when it really fucking matters. <laughs> but I will agree with okay. you here because here's the thing. And Teddy Two Gloves has been fantastic. Teddy Two Gloves is the number one EPA plus CPOE quarterback in the NFL. And to put that Damn. in perspective, the last three num- last three people that finished number one, they all three won the MVP. So... Teddy Two Gloves is now oh, going to be shit. the MVP of the NFL, and he's the greatest quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. He's better than Patrick Mahomes. He's better than Aaron Rodgers. He's better than all of them, right? Or that's probably not true. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean probably not true, okay. and he's probably going to fall down. They've played at three teams that are 0-3, and not only are they 0-3, those three teams have a combined point differential of a negative 107 fucking points. So not only has he played... Three three and O teams, not all three and O three O and three teams are made equal. These are because these are probably the worst three teams in all of fucking football. This line has moved four and a half points. It is not justified. The only thing that gives me any pause is there is whispers about Lamar and his lower back, but they did say today it's not going to keep him out. That's why this line has actually moved in the last twelve hours because we got it at plus one oh plus one and a half in the online super contest. Uh, it's moved at point and a half since Lamar has been pretty much cleared, not technically cleared, but pretty much cleared to play. Yeah. It's still, it's, it's not even close. I mean, Baltimore has a lot of injuries and Lamar does struggle, uh, historically in these spots where he is either a short dog or a small favorite. However, like what you said about the stock, Vegas is telling you the Broncos are plus 500 to win their division. They're three and fucking oh. So it is time to sell your Broncos stock. Baltimore is still the favorite to win their division, plus 110, a division very good that has Cleveland in it, playing really good football. It is time to sell your Broncos stock. I'm not saying you're buying really necessarily Baltimore. You're just being bearish on Denver. Baltimore wins this football game, and I think it gets a little bit ugly for Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, They're in Denver. Yeah, this is a slam dunk for me. Uh, No-brainer. Way overvalued in the market, and we will see what happens. All right, love it. All right, moving on to Green Bay and your favorite player, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Aaron, <laughs> he's hosting those Pittsburgh Steelers. We buried their quarterback earlier with very, very beautiful eulogy delivered by Reverend Longhorn, and Green Bay, because of our eulogy, is now up to six and a half point home favorites. You know, maybe that's why I'm so down on San Francisco because stupid fucking clock management cost me having Aaron Rodgers be one and two. So, like, just come on, man. Just (laughs) figure out the fucking clock, you stupid-ass coaches. Jesus Christ, it's not that hard. All right, so Pittsburgh, after an 11-0 start last season, they are 2-7 and since then, if you add the playoff loss. Um, However... We all we talk about it all the time. This is the historical smash spot for Pittsburgh. But I let me caveat that. I will not suggest this lean without TJ Watt on their defense because for 
you know, he is one of the best pass rushers in the league. There's no doubt. They don't go without him. Uh, they lost him halfway through the Vegas game, and they fell apart. Uh, they've looked like shit since then. If he's on that field and he can put the pressure on Aaron Rodgers, then I do like uh, Pittsburgh here with those points. Um, Aaron Rodgers, under pressure, has a passer rating of 37.9. I cannot tell you how extremely low that is for a Hall of Fame quarterback, which fits right into the narrative that he is a fucking front runner. He's a bitch. He's a he's when the when the heat is on, he he cradles. He he falls apart. Uh, when he's when now I I know what he did last week. I get it. He threw those beautiful passes. He is also extremely extremely talented. So it's not that he can't do it. It's just that for whatever reason he goes into his little turtle shell and won't do it. So to wrap it up, if T.J. Watt plays, it's a smash spot for Pittsburgh. We might you know we're already looking back now and asking how in the hell did Pittsburgh beat Buffalo in Buffalo. We might be asking next week, how the hell did they keep this game so close? Uh, but that's only with T.J. Watt leading to Pittsburgh with Watt. Other than that, fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. Yep, the numbers are solid behind you here. I don't have a counterpoint to you. Um, like I said, Green Bay, they are front runners. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, you can't give Aaron Rodgers. But anybody can't give Aaron Rodgers. If it's anybody, you can't give Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has less fourth quarter comebacks than Andy fucking Dalton. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the fucking facts of the fucking matter. I get it that he's done it in the playoffs and in prime time. You know why? Because that that even fit that even fits to his front running fucking narrative. <laughs> then when all eyes are on him, sure. Right? I'm gonna do it. But on a regular ass Sunday when he ain't really fucking feeling it, nah, fuck this shit. We'll punt on this game, we'll go win next week. Because they probably will, because they're a good football team. And they're probably gonna win this game. Uh, but I would love, love, love if this game got to seven. I don't see it getting there. It's, I mean, if you look at the juice, it's it's minus one fifteen. I see minus one hundred eight, minus one hundred five. It's all over the board depending on where the books are liable at on this game. I don't see it moving that extra half point. It's going to take a whole, whole lot of fucking Green Bay, Green Bay money to come in over the next forty eight hours, which obviously it can happen. In fact, 80% of your handle does get bet on game day or leading up in the 24 hours leading up to it. So it can happen if it does. Man, I'd love Pittsburgh at seven, but obviously we're not going to give them the contest at seven. So I don't know that I can buy the six and a half, but I'm with you. The numbers are with you. So yeah, fuck Aaron Rodgers. All right, moving on. Oh, oh, the game of the week. Maybe <laughs> the game of the year. Not really, because it's going to be a bad game. But, Tommy Boy, on Sunday Night Football, goes back home to New England there, kid. And he rolls up into Boston, and he's a seven-point road dog. By the way, Longhorn, do you know how many times when Tom Brady was the quarterback of New England, they were 7-1 home dogs in 20 years? Uh, Not a lot. Not one goddamn time. That's the answer. Oh, Not one goddamn time. <laughs> but without him, in a year and four games, they've been seven-point home dogs three fucking times now. So, woo! Let's go, Tommy boy. Yeah, all that said, I'm not in the business of, of laying seven uh, on the road, especially with the bad defense that Tampa's had. So, 
This is obviously the game of the week. I really don't want to have a bet on this. I just want to watch this beautiful game and um, and uh, and the theater of it. So I lean to New England at the, with seven at home. Can't explain how it's going to happen because Tampa should be able to handle them easily. However, when you have a just like Kansas City. You know, and until Tampa Bay shows me they got a good defense again, I'm gonna assume they don't. So with a bad defense, you know, your back door is always open. Can Matt, you know, McCookie Monster Jones take care of that, I, or uh, take advantage of that? I don't know, probably not. But I can't lean the other way. So to me, it's New England or nothing. I want to watch the theater, and man. <sighs> Does the NFL know what they're doing or what? <laughs> you know, Tommy coming in, the night game, all that all that build-up. This is going to be fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, I'm going to lean hard against you like I leaned hard against you on Cleveland last week and laid the seven against the Bears. Uh, this is the blowout of the week for me. Whoa! So here, and here's the reason why. And Tampa Bay does have a bad defense. You're 100% right about that, but... What do they do well? They still stop the run very, very well. You can't run on Tampa Bay. Dallas didn't even try. Dallas didn't even try. And we've seen since yeah. then, Dallas can run the ball very well still. In fact, they run the ball. And as far as the offensive line, they run block a lot better than they pass block. If you look at PFF or any of those grades, they didn't even try against Tampa Bay because they know. New England, that's all they can basically do. I mean, the McCookie Monster has one of the lowest air yard uh, attempts in the entire league. He is, like I said, he's so limited physically what he can do and arm talent is what he can do. This isn't going to be much of a challenge for Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, and Tom is the most vindictive and most spiteful and most just, I mean, he's just like Jordan when it comes to, he holds onto a grudge worse than anything I've ever seen in my life. And he's going to go in there and literally going to try and score as many points as he ever scored in his entire fucking <laughs> life. And I think that if we would have, and not not that Tom Brady's one to look ahead, but you know the Rams was such a good spot for us last week. The numbers told us that 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 it was. But I think one thing neither one of us talked about, we didn't even literally look into, is really going to this game. I don't know how you. I mean, it's not bigger than the Rams. Obviously, that's our that's their NFC competition. They're battling for number one seed. They're a way better team than New England. Uh, obviously, they're somewhat road favorite. That's Vegas is telling you they're a million miles better than New England, uh, which is not a surprise to us. New England's one of our best bets on the under. I think that was looking pretty damn good so far. Um, that this is going to be one of those just an another feather in the hat of Tommy Boy, and he's going to go in there and blow them the fuck out. New England's going to look inept on offense. And they're not going to be able to stop him on defense. Antonio Brown is back this week. They were missing that against the Rams. Another reason why we like them. And that I think the Antonio Brown thing is so underreported because and it's not that Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown. He's not catching 150 balls. But he's their third wide receiver. Name a team that has a better third wide receiver in Tampa Bay. And if you don't think that's a big deal, think about the NFL now, which you know 80% of your starting sets were three wide receivers. Who has a third cornerback that's going to cover Antonio fucking Brown? Nobody fucking does. New England certainly fucking doesn't. Yeah, this, this we we couldn't be further apart on this game. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna. It's not like a I'm 
pounding the table for New England. It's just it would be a. I just can't lay seven. Yeah, yeah, you didn't. Yeah, 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 you're you're not saying to bet New England. Yeah, of course. I won't fight you on it for sure. Yeah, I would absolutely lay. This is the one game this week I would lay the lumber for sure. All right. All right, moving on. Monday night football. And we've got the L.A. Superchargers. And they're hosting our Las Vegas Raiders. And they are now consensus three and a half point home favorites. Yeah, I can't figure out this Vegas team. Um, you know, I, and from the numbers you were saying earlier about their about their odds to win the division, I don't think Vegas quite can either. Like, it just I don't I can't. It doesn't compute with me. I know Vegas has figured them out. Vegas well, is Vegas is saying they're not very good. Right. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I want to believe what my eyes told me in the preseason that the offensive line and defensive line is not good, uh, which normally, you know, almost always leads to the uh, points to whether you're good or not. However, this team is 3-0, and and, you know, they seem to be moving the ball well. They seem to be playing pretty well on defense, you know, and I can really point to two players to, you know, if. It's amazing sometimes, like, if you have two, and this is the Rams. This is what the Rams do. They get dominant players and somehow overcomes the rest of the average roster. For Vegas, they have, right now, maybe the best pass rusher in football, and Max Crosby, he is unblockable. If you watch the games, nobody can block him. And then on offense, uh, Derek Carr is playing some of the best quarterback in the league, so... You know, maybe the Rams are on to something. Maybe you just get a couple dominant players, and you're good. So, three and a half points for a team that's playing, you know, the way they're playing. And not only that, the will there even be a home field advantage for the Chargers here? I doubt it. Vegas travels; those fans travel well. They're, that it'll be at least fifty-fifty. So you take away the home field advantage. It's a forced lean to, to Vegas here for sure for me. Um, but I will say this. Quick caveat, and I'll throw it to you. The quarterbacks that Vegas have faced so far this season are Lamar Jackson, Kobe uh, Brissett, and the now very sports-dead Big Ben Roethlisberger. So, uh, you know, this is their first real challenge on defense to face a real quarterback. So, uh, you know, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, three and a half points. Gimme, gimme. Yeah, I can't help but agree with you. Uh, the numbers are a little bit uh, – are they split? Let's see. Let me look at that. Actually, yeah, they are split, but the power ratings do lean to Vegas as well. I mean, like you said, three and a hook, I can't I can't argue with that at all. I mean, if you look at Herbert and you look at Carr, Herbert is ranked 10th, EPA plus CPOA, Carr is 13th. Obviously, both of them are pretty good. Um, but the one thing about Max Crosby and his – all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's fucking uh, Reggie White. He's going to have to spend at least part of his time going against that left tackle for uh, the Chargers. And what's his name? Uh, Rashawn Slater. Yeah, I saw a stat on him. He hasn't allowed a sack since 2018 when he was, like, you know, in college. So it's really tough sledding to try to get something off him. Now, I know they're going to match him up against the right tackle as much as they can. But yeah, they will. Again, Her- Herbert's pretty pretty good at being mobile. He's pretty good under pressure. Um, 
this this is a really good talk because these two teams we had, in full disclosure we had the under bet on both these teams one of them I think is gonna hit just which one we'll see man but I just I gotta go with the better quarterback at home at least to win the game but man three is and it, a half points is, is just home? too juicy <laughs> well they don't really have a home but let's be honest they don't have a I mean, that Dallas game right. was literally 80% Dallas fans. Literally 80%. I know. And I'll tell you one that's, thing, boys and girls, from being me. on the road, well, being on the road in NFL stadiums, and I've been to road Cowboy games, Cowboy games do not, Cowboy fans do not travel. They don't travel. They're just fucking everywhere. That's just all there is to it. They're not, not one Cowboy fan have I ever met in a road game has ever, ever, ever been from Dallas. Not one. They're all just from where they're at. Like, Cowboy fans are just fucking everywhere. Uh, but the Raiders, I mean, that's you know, that's not that far of a drive. It's what three and a half hours, something like that. So, yeah. four hours. Uh, they can drive and make it that game, and it's a beautiful stadium. Everybody wants to see it. So yeah, I'm with you. Nick's the whole field advantage, but that three and a half points is juicy, baby. It's juicy. It is. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming to the air tonight, baby. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for those free SF free picks of the week, baby. Longhorn, hit us with that NFL free pick of the week. Yeah, and we got a doozy for you this week. Uh, it is a five-team money line parlay, and this son of a bitch pays forty-two to one. So if you Woo. if you hit this one, it pays for the whole fucking season. So stay with me here, guys. We got. The Washington football team, we talked about them. We like them to win. We got the Minnesota Vikings. We talked about them. We like them. We talked about the Rams. We like them against the Cardinals. We just talked about the Raiders. We like them. These are all money lines. That And you're thinking to yourself, oh, that's not bad. Those four, that, that's pretty good. Why does it pay 42 to 1? Well, here's why it pays 42 to 1. Because I'm throwing those fucking Jets in. That's the money on the table. I said I was going to back it up with my money. Throw the Jets in. Five-team parlay. Pays 42 to 1. Washington, New York Jets, Minnesota, the Rams, and Las Vegas. And woo! Boy, if those Jets hit on early Sunday slate, I am going to be fucking happy, boy. Oh, man, if they hit early Sunday, everybody's going to be glued to the TV the rest of the day to see if the rest of that shit comes in for Fuck sure. Yeah. All right, college free pick of the week. We've got Pitt minus three at Georgia Tech. Pitt last week, Longhorn hammered something called New Hampshire, which I'm not sure if that's a school or a financial institution, but either way, the ledger didn't balance for them. Hey, see what I did there? Anyway, the score was 77-7. to <laughs> Now, Pitt goes to Georgia Tech. They're only laying three points. Pitt laid three points to the Volunteers in Tennessee earlier in the year, and they crushed them. So Georgia Tech and Tennessee now are almost identical in our power rankings. However, they weren't them, which means we're getting value here on Pitt, and Pitt can absolutely score the football. Forget the 77 points they put up on the hedge fund. They scored 51 against UMass, 41 on Tennessee, 41 on Western Michigan. Now Georgia Tech did score 45 on UNC, and that is where the overinflated value on them is coming from. However, UNC had three turnovers in that game and led to the much lopsided score. 
before that Georgia Tech scored against FBS schools was 21 points, or the most points they scored against FBS was 21 points against Northern Illinois, who, by the way, Longhorn is 125th in scoring defense in the country, giving up a healthy 45 points a game, and Georgia Tech did not even get to half of their average let-up score in that game. Love the Pitt Panthers Mm. here. And one bonus, one bonus free pick here for us on the podcast, because if Longhorn hits his parlay and I hit this parlay, we don't have to hit another fucking pick probably for another three years. All right, you're fucking paid. Because this is a three-team money line dog parlay in college football. It's Kentucky hosting Florida plus 265. I know what you're thinking. No fucking way can Florida beat or can Kentucky beat Florida. Well, that's why you're getting plus 265. Just fucking give it a chance. Charlotte, plus 310 on the money line against Illinois and Liberty. Those Liberties, baby, going to bounce back big time, plus 105 on the money line. This three-team parlay, which three-teamers usually pay you 6-1. to one. This one right here pays you 30-1, to one, baby. 30-1. to fucking one. So, and also, I'm going to advise that all of you sprinkle a little bit on some of those individual bets on this one, too, because if just two out of three of these hit, you're fucking paid either way, baby. Yeah. Fucking Kentucky, Charlotte, Liberty on the money line. Let's fucking go. So that's seven. That's seventy-two to one if both of these hit. So yeah, let's have some of that. Yeah, I'll have some. All right, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory host seekers, you sweet, sweet seekers of the truth. That's gonna wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both of our channels, the Football Glory Hole and the Football 401K with our very own Bo Cephas and RJ Choppy. And, of course, we can be found on DallasCowboys.com. We are kind of a big deal. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on all of our social medias. So stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become, maybe become partners for life and both Cephas as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up. Tell a friend. And join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby.